So good morning, Peter. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. So today we have with us Peter Quillen. Um, so Peter is an American professional boxer, um, very talented fighter and former world champion. And he's here with us today. It's not every day we get to talk to someone like you. So thank you very much for joining us today. All right, thank you for having me. I appreciate being on with you guys today. Thank you. So, um, do you think you could start maybe by outlining your boxing career for us? So just for those um, in our audience who might not be familiar with you. Yes, I'm, I'm originally from Grand Rapids, Michigan. My boxing career kind of started there as a teenager, 15 years old. I walked into a boxing gym and I knew boxing was going to be part of my life. Um, it was kind of sort of hard because it was hard to have my mom write off and sign off that I can be a boxer. So I kind of like forged a signature and brought it to the gym and you know that's how I started boxing and throughout that you know like I said boxing has been part of my life and you know it was hard as a teenager not having nobody to push me to go to the gym or hard to get to the gym so sometimes I had to walk to the gym or run to the gym and um it was hard finding a trainer originally but um through, through time you know I believe time heals everything um, I fought the gym that worked for me, um, MGGA, Michigan Golden Gloves Association was where I first started boxing. Mm -hmm. uh, a month into my training, uh, after that month was done, I, I, was, I had my first fight in Canada. The first fight that I ever had was in um, Espanola, Canada, and it was the first time I was ever out the country. And, you know, it's something that, you know, um, kind of inspired me to say that, you know, I could make it out where I'm from, like in Grand Rapids. And, um, you know, I got to see something different and became a part of my life forever. And um, now I live in, um, well, we live in New Jersey now, but I got to move to my my dream place that I always wanted to live, which is New York City. I got to live there, you know, do the boxing. And, you know, it was a rough story, but through everything, you know, God always stayed with me and, you know, I'm here to this day. Perfect. And so how old were you when, when you did your first uh, fight, the one you mentioned in Canada? Uh, I was... Turning um, 16 years old, wow. if I'm not mistaken, I was 50. I was just turning, I was 15, and then that next month, June 22nd, I was turning 16, mm -hmm. and that was when my first um, fight. And I actually had a fight with a guy with the same name. His name was Peter, too. All right. <laughs> so I would never forget that, but yeah, I was 16 years old. Okay, perfect. And so what does it, you know, I'm curious, what does it take to get to this level where you are today? I, think, I know a lot of work and sacrifice, but what does it take? Well, you know, like boxing is like a mental game. It's, a, it, I think, is I don't think it's nothing more mentally than you physically, mentally, spiritually going through something to get ready for a fight. So it's it's kind of like what everybody it, it takes everybody to get to a, a, some type of level of success. It, it takes a lot of hard work. It takes a lot of believing in yourself, and it takes a lot, a lot of sacrifices. Um, you know, sacrifices always change, you know, it might be sacrificing being time away from your family or sacrificing being away from your, your, your parents, it, whatever that sacrifice is, you have to know it and, you know, you have to deal with it and roll with the punches. So um, for me to be where I'm at, it just took a lot of hard work, a lot of sacrifices and a lot of believing in myself. Got it. And speaking of that, so can you tell us a little bit about some of the setbacks that you might have had and how you think they sort of like shaped you or changed you or inspired you? Well, uh, moving to New York with a trainer, um, 
when I was young, I moved to New York when I was like 18, 19 years old. And I moved with a trainer that basically promised me all these different things that would, you know, come about about me being in New York. First, we made the first step to go to Madison, Wisconsin. I was there. I stayed there for two weeks. It was a horrible situation. We was going into like a shelter program. The shelter program said that I could not stay with the trainer and I broke down and cried. They paid my one-way trip back to Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, the trainer ended up coming back with me because he didn't want to stay there in Madison without me. So he ended up coming back. Then he kind of talked me into coming to New York, which I was like skeptic about because of like, I just had a bad, you know, situation experience with you in, in Madison, Wisconsin. But I ended up coming because he got somebody on the phone that worked with Don King and they promised me all these things. And then I got to New York and um, none of those things happened. I found myself in a shelter program, living with, in a shelter program and then uh, training in the East River Park um, in the Lower East Side of Manhattan. And then when we find, he finally got a place, he lived in the Bronx. And from there, I got, had got a job and it was like rough. And then he finally kicked me out and I had nowhere to go. And I had no job because I lost a job trying to make it to the gym and everything. It was very a rough situation that, you know, I just, you know, I rolled with the punches at that time. I was sleeping on one of my friend's couches that I met. And the, the, the couch was pretty small. I couldn't really even like lay there comfortably. So I ended up sleeping on the floor, a hardwood floor. And, um, you know, I just made everything work from that floor. That was like starting from the floor and be, becoming where I'm at right now is like, I guess, the comeback story of the century. Well, yes, it is a beautiful image, like literally and, you know, as a metaphor. So thanks. And, um, we heard you have an upcoming fight. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes, I'm fighting actually a guy named Jaylion Love. He's actually with the promotion team um, with Mayweather Promotions. I don't know if he still works with them, but I, I know he has some type of history with, with them. And Floyd Mayweather is actually from the city I was raised in, Grand Rapids, Michigan. So I'm the only fighter behind Floyd Mayweather from my hometown to win a world title. So that's a blessing in, within his own. But when I moved to New York, you know, when my my career started to get the role and I started having an undefeated record, um, I had a lot of opportunities come on my, my way. So um, I got to shoot for the Italian Vogue magazine. I forgot what year, 2007, I want to say. And um, with another model, his name is um, um, Willsmore and um, Jay Leon Love, which is the guy I'm fighting. We made, you know, a kind of connection there. We never knew we was going to fight each other. And, you know, now we're here now in 2018, um, about to square away. So we have history from the past and now we got, you know, something for the future to make with, with each other. But more so, I'm more excited about it because this is a fight that he really wanted. Nice. And it's in August, right? It's soon. Yes, August 4th is going to be live on Fox, um, primetime TV. Um, this is for the world to be able to see. This is my comeback. You know, people, I've been kind of stepped out the spotlight since I took a loss in 2016 for Danny Jacobs. You know, I just had to, you know, you know, find myself again. Not to say I lost my, I started to lose myself a little bit because, you know, when fame, money, and all that started to come your way, it's, it's, it's kind of a challenge to be able to handle. But all together now, I'm back right here, and I, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm meant to be here. Perfect. We'll be there on August 4th. All right. <laughs> all right. So I'm sure there are a lot of um, amateur fighters who are looking at you right now and trying to, uh, or working, aspiring to get to your level. So would you be able to outline to us your training week? I know everybody's different, but, you know, just to get a t taste of what it uh, takes to be, you know, a pro fighter. 
Well, you know, the training week, that week is all about just making, making the weight. All the work has been done. I've been, I've been agonizing myself since January. So I've been training. I was in California. I had to, you know, relocate back home because I've been away from my family for that since January up until April. And then, you know, I had to relocate here, find out a situation I can train with somebody here. And, you know, now we in August now. So I've been training for a long time. But uh, pretty much all the work is going to be done up until that week of the fight. We're just making weight. We're doing all the press runs with the interviews and everybody. And, you know, pretty much I'm just focusing, zeroing in on the, you know, the game plan for what they have for me. And, you know, it's about just keeping your mind fit and focusing to the fight. So that week is, you know, it's a very rough week because, you know, when you're making weight, it's a little bit more agitating. You have to, you know, deal with people, people, you know, asking sometimes dumb questions and you have to answer these questions. And, you know, it's a very, uh, very, it's a trying time, but more so, you know, that's the way that the fight will go. It will go rounds like that where you may be irritated or you have some trouble with, with, with something in the fight that you got to learn to overcome. Got it. And speaking of that, do you have, in general, not just for this fight, but do you have any special um, routines to mentally prepare for a fight? Well, I used to eat pigeon soup before I had a fight. That was my, my old school ritual. You know, my father's from Cuba, born and raised in Cuba, so I'm a Cuban-American. So the, the stuff that typically, like, my dad used to have me do, I used to believe that it, it would help me, like, eating pigeon soup that has a lot of <laughs> Well, actually, it's crazy I say that because I had two pigeons in my in my deep freeze right now. So maybe I want to go back to pigeon soup after this. But um, other than that, I, I learned, you know, I used to not wear nothing outside of Adidas shoes. And I have. I never wore no gloves outside of Everlast. But I have, you know, uh, I think when you learn how to, you know, get into like a routine, if that routine break, it kind of it, it kind of messes up your mind. It kind of you know, deal with your focus. So I just learned that, you know, um, the fight is the main thing you want to focus on, not the shoes, not the gloves. There's nothing else that really matter unless it's just really something that you really need. And at this point in my life, you know, God is always with me. So no pigeons for it. <laughs> for now. Oh, maybe I said maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> okay. So um, one more question. So you have been boxing for a long time, right? So I'm sure you know your body, your limits very well. So why was it important for you to take um, one of you know these professional fitness tests, and how did it help you? What did you learn uh, from it that you didn't know before? I didn't know about the accurate numbers. They they get the accurate numbers to read on your body, and they get more um, detail, more than just getting pinched. You know, my um, dietitian um, um, Ashley was basically you know pinching me when I was in California, and now I'm away from her, and mm -hmm. you know, she um, you know prescribed that I use this DEXA scan and you know it was it was I I was something I was pretty fairly new to I didn't know they had you know scientific machine and I think you know you know sometimes people won't believe in doing things like this but like for me numbers do really count you know the, the numbers in the fight count to me how many punches you throw you know everything the numbers really count so if I can get those accurate numbers like I would need them why not to know your body even more than I already know it, you know, so I know that, you know, at this time in my career, I'm a little older, you know, I'm a little bit more experienced. I'm a little bit more, you know, seasoned that, you know, is the best thing to do is to, 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 
to link up with different companies that's, you know, get, get me those accurate numbers that I need. So I've been pretty much happy with the, um, you know, the results that I'm in getting. I've been losing weight like I've been, I've been losing weight the healthy way. Not like in a way where like an old school boxer will put you in plastic and, you know, doing it. I learned that's very unhealthy. You lose a lot of nutrients out your body from, you know, sweating like that. So, you know, working with, you know, Dexa, I think is just a, a new way for fighters to get the accurate numbers and, and just to look at your, your career in, in a little bit more of a professional way. Because professional boxing is different from amateur boxing, but like, professional and that word professional means that you have to take everything as on a professional level so you rec I recover um the accurate numbers that I get from my you know my my body scan um I think all those are very important to you know my health you know because you know boxers you know it only takes one punch where you may not be the, be the same and I have to always say mention this guy Pritchard Cologne he's basically you know he's he suffered from a, a bad punch and he, you know, he never came back. And it's, you know, you know, I always send my prayers out to his family because they're dealing with something hard because he, you know, dealing with concussions. I learned so much stuff off of boxing that we really didn't know. And I try to like always keep my mind focused on God because, you know, anything can happen in the fight. And, you know, I got two young children and I have a wife and, you know, I couldn't imagine them, you know, my wife taking care of another person to be able to like, you know, is it is just hard to to go into that to that thought process? But Dexa all around, you know, helps my numbers and helps everything as far as my health. Okay, that's great to hear. And um, any you know, you you talked you talked about it a little bit just now. But what are some of the misconceptions that people have about boxing? That uh, that we not in general smart, that we not smart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that we uh, we dumb or we we all talk punchy. You know, like punchy is basically a word that somebody's kind of slurring with their words. It's boxing is, is getting kind of caught up with them. Uh, you know, uh, I invested in a large amount of real estate in my hometown with the money I made from boxing. And, and another thing, as far as in black athletes, period, is that they go broke after their career. They don't have another, you know, uh, another career they, they can do. And for me, that's very important is that my goal is to make sure I'm able to go into another workforce after my career of boxing. I'm not looking to sit on my butt and, and just enjoy my family all the time. I'm looking to, you know, be a good example to my son, how to be a hard worker and as well as my daughter, you know, how whenever her future husband comes along, how to have a good hard working husband, you know, because I set the example in my house. So that's more so I think is the the stigma against boxers that we, we kind of like don't have any education or, you know, um, we always think about, I just want to fight. I'm not thinking like that. I think about, I, f I got a lot of reasons why I fight and my family being one, God being another. It's so many reasons why I fight, but most importantly, boxing is not all of my life. You know, I am a father. I am a husband. I am a brother. I am a friend. I own companies. So for me, it's just, you know, um, not spreading myself too thin, but also, Make sure that I'm an example to other boxers coming to the game that you can at least try your hardest to get your education to be able to read your your contracts, know what your contracts are saying, what to do with your money. We're taught so aggressively how to make the money, but we're not taught so aggressively how to save the money. Mm -hmm. And any any ideas of what your next career perhaps would be? Um, I think all I think honestly, this is the time of my career where I've been more close to God as possible. I've been staying obedient to to read my Bible every day and letting God reveal those things to me. I think I have a a wide a 
a wide spectrum of things I could do. I did a movie. Um, my movie is called Bleed for This. I actually got speaking roles, uh, a speaking role. I got a documentary to uh, um, uh, Netflix, the original documentary is called um, Counterpunch. I'm running the three part stories. You know, like I have real estate, uh, you know, more so I'm going to let God have that, that, that part of my life where I don't have to use it as a worry. And most people, most importantly, let me show you something else. Come here. Right here. This is the most oh. example of it. Right? <laughs> oh, my God. This right here. You know, I can be her manager because she is a little model. What's her name? She, her name is Valencia. Can you say hi? Hi. Can you say hi? Hey. There you go. <laughs> it's my little baby. So every day is a bonding time with her because like I was away for two years and I can count how many times on two hands, how many times I've seen her in her life with trips seven times right now being around her. But this is the longest time I've been with her now. So Since now you finally get to dedicate your time. Yes, dedicate. My wife is actually trying to make enough money where I don't even have to work. I can be a stay at home father. I don't know how that's going to work, but most importantly, I would love to be at home with my kids all the time. So, and you have another uh, son? Yes, his name is Joaquin, yes. Okay. So my son, Joaquin, is very um, sweet. Like, yesterday, we went to um, a, a venture, or we call everything, like, an adventure. So, we went shopping at the grocery store to, to <laughs> grab some produce. And he says, my nanny, he said, you know, Mary, her name is Mary. Mary has a dog. I said, yeah. I said, that's nice. He said, you know you have a dog, too, right? He's like, yeah. He said, can we get that for Mary? And then I look at the, the gifts that he want to buy her, and it was a is a it's a gift for her dog he's only three years old he's going to be four in august for a little kid like that you know it's, it's such a special thing one time he, he goes to me he says that um I'm, I'm going he said dad you want to go to the gym i said yes he said well god bless you dad <laughs> so those little things those little moments are you know they shape me every day and they let me know that you know being a father is a very very special thing to be able to have in your life. And, you know, it's, for me, it's one of the best things that I, I could say I have in my life. It's the most um, shaping that I can get to have as a man is having kids, you know? And I'm, I'm very happy that boxing started all of this, what I have. It, it was all a childhood dream to have a wife and have kids and, you know, working every, it's, it's, a, it's a challenge, it's a real fight. So it's like equivalent to a boxing match. I think I lose with my wife all the time though. I never win. <laughs> Well said. Speaking of, you know, last question, kids. Why the kid chocolate? I should have asked you at the beginning, but it's all right. Usually, uh, people ask me that, but you know, I'll tell you, not only am I a black man, I'm chocolate, but um, <laughs> it was a great Cuban fighter from the early 1920s, early 1930s. That um, a Puerto Rican trainer and a Cuban trainer was in the um, city of Grand Rapids, and he goes, "Man, you look like this original fighter named the the. Uh, you look like this fighter." named Kid Chocolate, and he was from Cuba. I said, yeah. I said, that's crazy you say that. They didn't know I was Cuban. I was like, yeah, my, my father's from Cuba. I'm a Cuban-American. They're like, yeah. And I never looked into it, but I thought about the name, and I said, I'm not going to call myself Kid Chocolate. I'm going to call myself Kid Coco. <laughs> but I ended up, when I moved to New York, fast forward, um, I opened this boxing encyclopedia, and look, I turned it right to the page of a, the Kid Chocolate, and I read his story, and I was like, man, this is like me. He moved to New York from Havana, Cuba, and, you know, got his name and made his name known there in New York and became a very big draw there. And it's sort of kind of what I did. You know, I moved to New York, became a big name, big draw there. And, you know, 
um, keeping his name alive because of my Cuban heritage. And most importantly, man, it's just like um, the second coming of the original. The second what? Second coming. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Peter. Thank you. I really enjoyed this interview. Thanks for your time. And we're glad to have you with us at Fitnessity and to have you here today. Thanks again. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for all the work you're doing. And um, I, I really thank you for this um, this interview. Hopefully you get out to the to the listener and I hopefully I, uh, I, I solid and positively um, change your perspective of, of health. Well, thank you.